The Chicago Bears suffered their sixth loss of the season yesterday against the Los Angeles Chargers. And we're going to talk about my takeaways from the game, who stood out good and bad. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host here, Hayes. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content. And uh, yeah, man, I don't, I don't even know what to say anymore when it comes to the Chicago Bears, right? Uh, one thing is certain is that the quarterback issue, the QB controversy that people try to drum up, there's not one there. You know why there's not one there? This isn't even about Tyson Bajan or Justin Fields. It's because the coaching staff is absolutely inept at doing anything positive, right? You cannot evaluate a quarterback under these circumstances of anything, right? The, the Bears don't necessarily have a QB problem yet. You know what problem we do have? One thing that's evident is we have a coaching problem. The Chicago Bears game plan, scheme, whatever you want to call it, was completely awful yesterday. It is completely awful, right? So, yeah, penalties went the wrong way for the Chicago Bears. Sure, we had two plays that probably should have been touchdowns and a drop by Vellis Jones and then a terrible play call by the officials where they waved down Darnell Mooney where he should have been able to continue and go for a touchdown that would, what he should have been. But what what's more evident than anything right now is that this coaching staff needs to, deserves, and, and has to be fired because that is the biggest problem. Not quarterback, not anything. You know what's crazy? This is a game where the Chicago Bears should have ran more schemes. That, that screens, I should say. That's what should have been here, right? And that that really does work against what this Los Angeles Chargers um, uh, defense has been, right? When you look at the, the ability or inability for them to defend the pass, right, this should have been an opportunity where the Chicago Bears absolutely lit it up. But instead, it, it, we just ran it up the middle, right? At, at the end, what it, we should have used zone rushing. Uh, we should have did more screens with our wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. We should have did more. How can you run screen plays to start off the season almost – uh, ad nauseum, but yet in a time where uh, a game plan where the screenplay should have been called, it is what it, the Chargers have been the worst team in the NFL at stopping screenplays this whole entire season. And you couldn't even do that when that was something that we were trying to get you to stop doing at one point in time. Luke Getze is terrible. The, the, the coaching staff here in general is terrible. That's not to say that there are absolutely issues still with the players, and we'll talk about that when we go over some of the players that stood out both good and bad in this game. But one thing remains to be evident and true with the Chicago Bears franchise. This coaching staff sucks. And Ryan Poles really has to do something considerable with the roster, with the coaching staff, because I tell you what, while I'm, I'm not saying that Ryan Poles' jobs should be in jeopardy right now, I'm not saying that, but guess what? It could start to be that as long as this franchise continues to look inept. And that's what it is right now. We do not. People really let that one win confuse them, right? It is what it is. The team's having similar time of possessions when it comes down to it, but the Chargers completed 53% of their third down. 53% and down the stretch of the game, right, where the Bears should have been trying to tighten up, they converted five of six. The the Chargers scored on every one of their, I think, what, first five drives in the game? That's unacceptable. Right. And it, it just it is what it is. Again, we are back to seeing this team look completely inept and bad. And coaching is one of the biggest things that keep, continues to stand out negatively about this team. It's ugly. 
It's disgusting, and and that's what it is. And so the Bears suffer another blowout loss, and there's they're more probably coming. The hitch principle ain't been nothing but the losing principle. The shits principle, as some people would be willing to call it, and it is what it is. And you're talking about a team as well that can't tackle to save their lives. That's one of the biggest things that have stood out this season for the Chicago Bears. How can you have people who have made it to the professional level, right? At the NFL level, they are making millions of dollars, and I'm not trying to count anybody else's pockets, but you can't tackle to save your life. It's 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 tough, man. Um, listen, Tyreek Stevenson couldn't tackle at some at some point in time that would have been that would have stopped a touchdown. This is just when you have a defensive-minded head coach and this is what you're getting, I'm sorry, the biggest loser in yesterday's game is Matt Eberflus and the coaching staff yet again. They are the biggest losers in that game because they just can't do it. They can't do it, right? They, it, th- there's been nothing to show that this team is going to consistently do anything positively other than struggle. That's where the Chicago Bears sit right now. And so the thing in it, the, the biggest uh, uh, evident thing in the Matt Eberflus era of the Chicago Bears is losing. Is losing, lossing. I, I can't even talk proper English. That's how pissed off they got me. We haven't won a back-to-back, back-to-back games since Matt Eberflus took over this team. And that is something that is just not going to cut it. And we continue to look completely in up and terrible. And so, you know, and as far as players that look bad, and we'll start off with the bad, we'll end with some of the good, because that way we can talk about some type of positivity in this game. Vellis Jones, at this point, Vellis got to go. And in the in the point that I said it, and I said it on the post game show yesterday, is this: it's simply just the fact that Vellis has not shown any ability to be a wide receiver at the NFL level. He has not. Dropsy Jones is Dropsy Jones. He is who we who we thought he were he was after the first after the first couple of games of his rookie year. And while he has shown more flashes recently of actually being a positive in the special teams, here's what I'm going to say to that. You can find special teams players in every single draft that can probably contribute more. The times that we've seen Vellis Jones look the, the, the best is when he's either been used in trick plays in the running game or he's been on the special teams, and we can find better players than that every single year. At this point, I'm ready to say it. I've been, I've been hesitant. I've been saying I, I know he's only in his second year, but Vellis is a bust. That's it. Vellis Jones is a bust, and him and Chase Claypool and Nikhil Harry have been two have been the most terrible decisions you can make at a wide receiver position that I think any GM can make. And so, listen, I'm sorry, I get it, but Vellis is absolutely terrible, and he doesn't I, at this point just get him off the field. I don't care. I don't give a damn who you're putting out there. You can bring Brandon Marshall back right now; he can probably play better than Vellis Jones. It's it's bad. And he, and he stood out as something terrible. And another player that's equally terrible on that offense is just bad, Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair is, is another player that has to go. I don't care if you're starting if you're playing him at guard, you're playing him at center. At the end of the day, he has not been productive at either position that you can play. And we could talk all day long about how he looked at this position at one point in time, how he looked at the other position at one point in time. You know what's one thing that's evident with Cody Whitehair? He sucks. That's one thing that's evident, and he has to stop, right? And you look at it, right? Cody Whitehair got completely and absolutely blasted by Joey Bosa. He's not even the best Bosa brother, right? And he got completely. He sacked Bajan early on because he just ran past Cody Whitehair, who was playing pity patter and patty cake out there and didn't do a goddamn thing. Cody Whitehair is trash, and he needs to leave this team. And you know what? Another veteran, Yannick Ngakwe. Shout out to Yannick Ngakwe for getting $10 million out of the Chicago Bears. And thank shout out to him for that because he fleeced us at a point where nobody was going to sign him. And Yannick Ngakwe, I'll tell you what, if he thinks he's going to go back out in the free agent market and get anything considerable, 
he keep in mind, no team wanted to sign him this year. He was lucky that the Bears needed some type of pass rush because this defensive line was absolutely in shambles and still is. But Unique Ngakwe has been absolutely downright invisible. You, everything that we heard about, right, the taking plays off, the motor, all those issues, it's true. Unique Ngakwe has been trash, and we're paying $10 million for him to do nothing. Yes, he has, what, two sacks on the season, but he's been trash. He sucks. He sucks. You got to get him out of there. Unique Ngakwe is absolute god fucking awful, bro. Like, he's bad. It's terrible. Unique Ngakwe sucks, right? He sucks. Now, again, you know, I, li I like to talk about some of the positives in this, and we got to talk about Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright is absolutely a stud for the Chicago Bears. You can, I, I, I can't hear it. Like, yes, he's going to make rookie mistakes, and he's done that. He's going to continue to do some of that. But one thing is, is that Darnell Wright has learned every single game, and he's holding his own with some of the better pass rushers in the NFL. And this, keep in mind, he's been solid in the run blocking, solid as a pass blocking, right? And at the end of the day, Darnell Wright is, is, the, is the right guy to be here, and I'm glad that we have him as one of the points of this offensive line that needs to stay him, Tevin, right? absolutely need to stay Nate Davis like at the end of the day Nate Davis hasn't really been on the field a lot but when he's been on the field he's been more positive than negative you know shout out to him and the things he has going on but ultimately like Darnell Wright has just been so good for the Chicago Bears and like I said nothing's been perfect for him he's a rookie you should not expect perfection from a rookie but he's absolutely just rounded out into such a good weapon for the Chicago Bears in both pass and run blocking and he's going to have a long NFL career here with the Chicago Bears and I love him, right? Cole Komet as well, being being very reliable in uh, yesterday's game. 10 targets, 10 catches, 79 yards, right? Um, and he he played pretty well as a blocker. I think he was the blocker on Darrington Evans' touchdown uh, run in the first half. So, listen, Cole Komet had a well-rounded game so far. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. And so he would have also had a touchdown, the penalties as well. Like, we just got to the, – the, the penalties has been crazy, and they stopped the forward progress, but – Cole Komet would have probably had a touchdown in that. It was good to see Cole Komet really bounce back. He talked about how he was supposed to have a big night in the last game, but the Bears were so successful on the run, he didn't really get a lot of opportunities there. But 10 targets, 10 catches, it's hard to look down negatively upon that, and I think that he played extremely well in what he was able to, uh, what he was asked to, to do um, in, in yesterday's game. And, I, and again, Cole Komet, the white rhino as we've named him here, I really do like him, and I and I think with a better overall offensive scheme and offensive-minded head coach, we'd, we'd see a lot better out of him. Now, again, that doesn't mean uh, take away from anything that we've seen from him. One thing that we've seen from him as well, he got to stop being taken down by little cornerbacks. Now, that didn't happen so much in this game, but I'm just saying in general things on the season. But in yesterday's game, very good game from him um, going for, uh, from him yesterday, and I, I, I appreciate seeing the game from Cole Komet. But outside of that, listen, um, the offensive line is going to be trashed the rest of this year. It's going to have its bright spots at times on certain possessions, but it's, it's listen, it, it is what it is. Um, Tyson Bajan also, he's very much so a backup quarterback in the NFL and could be a damn good backup quarterback. And like I've said before, said this on the postgame show as well, uh, Bears fans wanted to make it, and the media wanted to make this so Justin Fields versus Tyson Bajan type thing. And I hope yesterday brought a lot of these Tyson Bajan fans back down to earth and the fact that he's good. You can say that he's good, but you don't have to knock Justin Fields to give props to Tyson Bajan and what he's good at. He's quick. He's decisive. All those things should have 
taking better effect against the Los Angeles Chargers. I blame that on coaching. But you, if you can have a backup quarterback that you draft, that stays here, that always knows the system, that has familiarity with the players, that, that can be here for years, you take that. And that's what Tyson Bajan is probably going to end up being. But those Brock Purdy comparisons, all that, I hope that people start simmering down on that. Now, as we know, it's the social media age. People are so uh, big on narratives and being able to just say something is probably not going to stop in, in in reality, but it probably should. But Tyson Bajan is a damn good uh, backup quarterback, and he can be a damn good manager. And like I said, he's not supported well by this coaching staff that is absolutely inept in anything. And so um, on top of that, the defensive line, I've said this before. I said this over on Bleacher Report yesterday, is that when it comes down to this defensive line, the thing is, is that it makes it harder. On, the, on both the linebacking core and the secondary. The secondary, which is, has shown some signs of improvement, not really in this game, but over the last few weeks, the linebacking core has had its flashes as well. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds still uh, has been a, a, a large part of disappointment. But I think, you know, everything is made more difficult when you have a defensive line that can't tackle consistently, misses uh, tackles in the backfield in both the, the run uh, game and the passing game, doesn't get to the quarterback, doesn't get pressures, doesn't get a lot of QB hits. It makes everything more difficult. And so um, this is really an area that Brian Poles really has to address in a meaningful way is that defensive line, because if he does not, it's going to be extremely, extremely ugly. And so uh, one thing as well in this is that passes to running backs in this team, listen, we get blown up every single time, every single time. And so, oh, man, I, I – I don't I don't even know anymore, man. This has been a rough season. It's been a rough start. It's been a rough go. It's not a lot of positives to take out of it. Uh, some of the young players showing some flashes of them being around for a long time, but we got to make some tough decisions. And Ryan Poles really has to dig in and ask himself, what is this team that he is trying to build? What does he want this team to be? And is he if does he have the right coaching um coaching uh, uh to, to do it? And I would say no that we don't. So at the end of the day, I get it. I hear the Chase Young rumors, I hear all these things. But, but until we have better coaching, there's no one move or a series of moves that's going to necessarily help it when coaching is so inept as what it is for the Chicago Bears franchise. So it is what it is, man. We'll see what happens. The trade deadline is tomorrow. We'll see if the Bears do uh, get interested and maybe make a move that we don't necessarily see. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, Mike uh, Florio over with NBC Sports recently said that there's a lot of rumors linking the Chicago Bears to Chase Young. So we'll end up seeing if that turns into anything. We'll watch it. You know, if anything breaks, we'll break an episode. You'll get an emergency episode when news breaks. But otherwise, Bears fans, let me know how you guys think down below. Also tell you how you get your thoughts in in the voicemail. Thank you for being the best part and uh, tuning into this episode of Chicago Bears Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears Central. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearscentral.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, Chi-Town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break, Break Media. 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 Media.